Listen, I don't have much time, but do you feel like you're going out of your gourd? Are you, do you have the cabin fever? Have you run out of Netflix to watch? If, has the thought occurred, hey, you know what? I can make funny stuff. I've been watching TikTok. I've been watching all the social networks and seeing what kind of creativity is coming out. I could create that. Hey, you know what? I wish they made a podcast about this. Well, you know what? You can make your own podcast. Go to anchor.fm. Go to it, please, right now. Make your own podcast. It's the lazy person's way to make stuff. You can make little segments. Uh, you could put music on there, found sounds, babies laughing, neighbors throwing frisbees, uh, uh, your friends playing guitar. Ah, it's so good. Anchor.fm. Please get this and find me. Inspirato Projecto. Let's be friends. Okay? Anchor.fm. Note to self. Make Inspirato Projecto t-shirts and buttons as a way of promoting the show. I've been going through all these clothes and finding a lot of t-shirts. Just blank t-shirts that would be perfect for screen printing. an Inspirato Projecto t-shirt on. I'm imagining a 3D t-shirt, the world's first 3D t-shirt. So it'll be red and blue, of course. Um, preferably on a white background, but if not, I don't care, any color. Then, they come with 3D glasses. Bracco the Gazer. Look him up. During the picnic, Paulo Accomando talked about him. Look up Bracco the Gazer. We will have him on the show, trust me. I don't know how yet we will do this, but we will have him on the show. Look forward to that. <coughs> Hello. Attention, attention. This is Marty Fartington. Not only am I the proud owner of the Party Farty Club for Farty Hardy Farters, I'm also a client. Uh-oh, that was me. Pardon me. Memories do you have of this oh, this area? What kind of fun fun ones? Let's, oh, okay. I want to let's drum up some of those. I want to hear some of those. What kind of, of what? cool of times in the area? area? Yeah, yeah. Like what what what? Um... I didn't come down this street very much because it was at night. Oh, was gotcha, gotcha. Of Lagrange. Not if we weren't didn't hang out for us. Oh, okay. So that that place that burned down that wasn't like a common place for. On Sunday. In high school, we'd go there and dance. Oh, that sounds fun. But cool. That, that was a little spring, so it was... So you, what, like, uh, was it put on by the school, or was it something that the kids just did? They would just come out and... No, they broadcast it on TV. Oh, my gosh, that's incredible. Different schools would come out and dance. That's crazy. So it was kind of like an American bandstand just uh -huh. for the locals? Uh-huh. Wow. So were you, uh, did you do it? Oh, yeah. And you were on TV? Yeah. That's crazy. This is the first time I'm hearing this story, so... What uh, channel did they broadcast it on? I, I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. Was it like a public access thing, or was it no, like a regular television? Yeah. Wow. So cool. They did stuff like that for the kids. So every weekend they'd have something like that, huh? Yeah, Sunday. What do they call it? Do they have a special name for it? I don't think so. Hmm. It's a long time. It was, you know, 60-something years ago. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that is so cool. How fun. Probably 16. Mm-hmm. Do they do that all throughout high school? 15 like, and 16. Through the whole time? or? I think it was mostly 15, 16-year-olds that went. Mm. I don't know if they did it all through. Because after that, then, you know, I was working on Sundays, and so I don't think so. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I think it was like my freshman and sophomore year. What a brilliant what a brilliant idea, you know, to kind of help keep, keep kids uh, occupied and sort of out of trouble and stuff. Because when you're around that age, really, you know, there's no not many... how it started or anything. It just kind of happened, huh? That's cool. I just remember a bunch of my friends and I would walk. Wow. <laughs> and, and dance. That's so cool. So then, um, was it live? Was it a live situation where the yeah. people would watch it at home as it was happening? That's right. pretty cool, too, because parents could keep their eyes on their kids. That's pretty neat. So... Um, Friday nights we always roller skated down at the roller skating rink. Oh, that's great. So Friday nights you'd roller skate and yeah. then... Saturday night we went to the corral, which was our uh, high school dancing place. Oh, the corral, that's great. And then we went with the girls because we weren't supposed to date yet, but sometimes we meet boys there. Yeah. Boys usually watch the girls dance, you know. That's great. That's how it was. Until we were old enough to, to date. So it was first roller skate on Fridays, the corral on Saturdays, and then Sundays over here Dancing at in the afternoon. Willow, uh-huh. Willow, Willow, uh, Willow Brook. Willow, Willow Brook. Willow that Brook. was in the afternoon. Wow, so you had your weekends all planned out. From one to three. From what, 1 to 3 was the dancing thing? Yeah. At Willowbrook? Yeah. Wow. Broadcasted live. That is so cool. And I taught Sunday school on Sunday Oh, night. my gosh. That's great. Oh, so you teach Sunday school first, and then you go over and dance? Yeah, or I couldn't go dance. I had to teach Sunday school. Oh, that was kind of your penance. Like, okay, you want to go out and play? you got to teach kids yeah. about the good book. <laughs> wow. So, did you do just read from the Bible, Mom, or like do? No, we did coloring things. Yeah, we did, you know, Bible-related activities. Right, like color the ark. They were little kids. Color yeah. the animals in the ark. And then you that you have a son that looks like Jesus. That's right. Years later. You somehow predicted the future. <laughs> <laughs> so, was that fun to like? I mean, I guess since you were there all the at the at the Willow. Brooke, um, I loved it. Well, that must I be cool. I met a lot of cute boys from different schools. Oh, that's great. Gr- oh, so, oh, that makes sense. So the kids from all over would go. What a great way for kids to meet each other. That's fantastic. And then I can imagine if anyone went to any of the, were there any local colleges or how did that work? No, were there, not the colleges, just kids. Well, I'm thinking that some of those end up going to college. You know, I can imagine them meeting each other back at college and going, oh, I remember seeing you at Willowbrook. Oh, yeah. You know, one of those oh, kinds yeah. of things. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, was COD or, or what? What kind of colleges were around here at that point? Uh, mine 
like the closest junior college. Oh, okay. So that's a possibility. Maybe some of the students there are, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, we used to dance together at Willowbrook. That's great. I think, I think COD. Oh, wow. Elmhurst. Yeah, because John and Jim Belushi went to COD. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, yeah, I ended up finding that out. That's such awesome. a... Wow. So did your mom or anybody ever say like, oh, I saw you dancing on TV? Mm-hmm. Did anyone ever bring that up or like the day after at school? Uh, I think so. Like, my mom wouldn't let me go up to Willowbrook. You know, I had to stay home and do homework, but I turned it on and saw you dancing. Yeah, my, my parents couldn't stop me from dancing, so they just kind of, they knew, you know. I'm sure Grandpa had his cop friends hang around. <laughs> yeah. At the roll, the at the roller rink, at the corral, at the yeah, at at Willowbrook for sure. So he, how long was he a cop for, Grandpa? Mm-hmm. Fifteen years. And he was a sergeant. Oh, he was a sergeant, and then. It was for what DuPage County or or LaGrange. what like oh Lagrange for Lagrange gotcha gotcha wow a sergeant got me out of last speeding tickets because the young cops liked me they're always hitting on me oh wow it's so interesting to hear this side of the stories of like I couldn't tell my dad though because he would have killed him oh wow. So you'd get out of a lot of speeding tickets? Yeah. Like, you're like, ah. Terry. I'm Terry Mammoth. My dad the, is I your didn't boss. I to say that. Oh, they, they already knew. They knew who I was, and they knew who he was. I'd say, ah, your mufflers were loud. You know, there's an ordinance, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what my dad has to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> well. Okay. Let's see, I'll try to, like, try to slow it down a little, too. Okay. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. They'd, they'd see. It was why I was, like, the only, you know, yellow, uh, black convertible Mustang in the whole area. Oh, wow. Convertible my Mustang. blonde hair flowing, you know. Mm-hmm. So they, they knew it was me. But as soon as it just stopped me for no reason at all, I'm like, really? <laughs> Now what? Yeah. And uh, why are there two of you? Yeah. Why are you both giving me your phone numbers? Yeah. Are you writing a ticket? No, it's in case you need something. I don't need anything. Yeah, in case you need something. I really don't need anything. (laughs) In case you need something. Yeah. That is funny. Wow, so throughout that whole time of living out there, Grandpa was the cop. And yeah. You you saved lots of money on speeding tickets. Uh, I was harassed. By moving violations. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Like no matter where you were, you were safe. You always like that's cool. Sometimes was, I was too. Sometimes I didn't want to be safe though. Mm. You know, sometimes like I couldn't. Sometimes you want to be a reckless youth. Yeah. Did you have to go into the city for those? <laughs> Usually, yeah. You had to escape LaGrange to... Mm-hmm. Escape route. 
What, use an alias too while you're at it? Take someone else's car. <laughs> Switch cars. <laughs> it's like the Denny's uh, brothers, Red and Pal, and he took my car. Oh my god, that's incredible. Yeah. That's that great. That worked well. That is so funny. So did you go to school uh, school with some of the cops, too? No. Oh. They were all, you know, probably like 24. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Wow. So the corral... Now, where was it? You, you were telling me before that James Brown played, what, at your high school? At, yeah, at the corral. He, pl- he played at the corral? That's crazy. Oh, my God. How many people do you think that held? Like a few hundred? A hundred, no. Oh, oh, a hundred, a small amount of people. And James Brown played there, and you saw him live. Yeah, talking to him while he's trying, What? Trying, you talk? Trying to, I couldn't really understand him, but... You actually met James Brown? Yeah, behind him, <laughs> backstage. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, it was Denny. I was with Denny. Wow. Wow. This is nuts. I never knew you met James Brown. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! How many people were in his band at that point? Anytime I see videos of that, it's like there's oh, like a, a I whole I don't group. think they had. I don't had. I don't think they had the usual fifteen people. Mm-hmm. Um, Was he on TV at that point, or I'm trying to place in my brain uh, where? I would have to think back. I, I'd have to think back to what year that was. Let's see. I was probably. Outstanding. James Brown. How long were you back there? I mean, I assume there were a whole bunch of people trying to gather around him, get autographs and stuff, right? Yeah, I met so many musicians. Like, who else played there? Through Denny, mainly, because he was a drummer. Oh! Oh, he was in a band? Um, Do you remember any of the bands, the names that he was in? No. Names of the bands? So he, um,. So through him, you were able to meet a bunch of... What other musicians do you remember meeting? We'd go to concerts and meet, you know, meet people. Once they found out he was a drummer, uh, I can't remember names, like the guys from the Turtles. Oh my gosh! Yeah. That's Um, incredible. You have a lovely daughter? The Kinks? Uh, the Kinks? I don't know. I'm trying to think. It sounds like one of those British invasion songs. It is a British invasion. Is it the same guy? Is it the same band that sang Hello, Ele, La Ola? No. No. Uh... 
else that you know that uh, was you know big at that time that played at the corral? Is we're already sitting. I know, but I'm driving. <laughs> I know. I'm but you never know what pops in your brain. That's the cool thing. Like for instance, at that reunion, I, I there's so many stories that I would never have remembered or thought of unless those particular people were there. And I'm like, whoa! And it would just open up these. Like I used to, for, I forgot that I used to talk on walkie-talkies with Mike Kent uh. next door. He and I would be like, you know, okay, nine o'clock tonight. Let's go on a walkie-talkies and we talk a little bit. I get over. I didn't even know that was Mike Kent. Yeah. I mean, he was never one of my favorite kids. Maybe that's why. Oh. But I just, I think I talked to his wife more there than I did him. Oh. I noticed his big red t-shirt with six on it, kids six yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was like a, a band or something. Yeah. And then once I found out he had six kids, then it started sinking in. Like, oh, okay. And then his wife was telling me, well, his two from a previous marriage, my two from previous. Oh, that's right, yeah. He was telling me his wife had died, his previous wife had died. Yeah. He had twins. I remember Josh telling me that, they had twins. But, but his wife, this wife, didn't tell me that. She said, well, you know, he had twins. Mm. His wife passed when they were little. I might have put it together. Oh. Really, I had no... Or if she said my husband, Mike, maybe I would have somehow... Mm. I honestly had no idea. Mm. And you were just talking to them the whole time? Did it look like... Yeah, I... I didn't talk to him for that long either. Some of those folks, I had to just talk with them and, and just pretend that I knew them until they revealed more and more information to me. And I was realized, like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, I'd have oh. to like, I'd have to ask questions that would lead. Thing next time, like, Hi, my name is. Oh my God, that's brilliant! Yes. Oh yeah. I'll it's talk to Jim. So I'll talk to Jim about that uh, uh, on the Facebook. Picture of what they used to look like. Yeah. When yeah. Knew them. Yeah. That's crazy. Gosh, I just hope that they didn't recognize me not recognizing them. I just hope that they were like, you know, that they no, felt I we're all in the same boat. You know, yeah, like, oh yeah, I, you know me, and yeah, and I mean, we you know look each other. Way different. Look at you, long hair. And a yeah, beard. yeah. How the they heck do they didn't know, know who you were? That's true. That's true. Jenny, a couple of them didn't even know it was Jenny. Yeah, I bet. Really? My goodness, the last time they saw Jenny, she's a little eight-year-old with her little chubby cheeks and and her uh, self self-cut hair. Oh yeah, the, the bangs on his yeah. Sleeve. Early hairstylist. Yeah. And now, now women, you know, cut their hair, you know, like that intentionally. I, so intentionally. you were way ahead of your time. Or they spend big money to get it cut. They like do. That. Big money to make it look accidental. 
of all times, right before she stood up in a wedding. It's great. What possessed you to do that at that time? It is so great. I have no idea. Just decided, I guess. Just decided. You know, she wasn't one to, like, cut her doll's hair. She would just use herself as the experiment? Yeah. See, that's that's a sign of your early go-getter attitude. You're such a go-getter, Jenny. And, like, that that's an early sign of that. You know, like, you're like, you know what? I'm just going to cut my own hair. <laughs> <laughs> see what yeah. Jenny, should I... Uh, stir crazies around that way, right? Yeah, Should you I... can turn in, I think, after this light, though. Okay. Unless you want to turn it here. I think there's an entrance. So Stir Crazy was a Gene Wilder and, and uh, Richard Pryor movie. Yeah, they were Stir Crazy. And they really ought to have those two guys as their mascot for this place, if you think well, about it. Well, since one's dead, are they both dead? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that would be scary then. But that would just be great to show, like like photos of him from that movie you know all over the store what did Gene Wilder die of? uh I don't know yeah he was another goofy guy he was so he was good enjoyable. at what he did my yes. goodness so enjoyable I can't remember every single what he thing was he did now. he was I have to look up some of his stuff I mean, it was amazing how many movies that those yeah. two guys starred in together, uh, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. Like, they were like the, um, like Jerry Lewis and uh, Dean Martin, right? Those guys were always yes. kind of a duo. They did slapstick. They did vaudeville-type things. They, they did, um, oh, they did, they just played off of each other. <laughs> they did. We bad. Oh, we bad. Yeah. What was, it? was that Silver Street oh, or something? I love that. Where you were we the bad. <laughs> he would do, um, Gene Milder would do that black, you know, try to do the talk with the black, you know, like accent kind of thing. <laughs> it was crack me up. What? What was the one where one of them couldn't hear and one of them couldn't see? Oh, yeah. And they try to solve a murder or something? They try to figure out what was going on? Because one of them was like, mm, I could tell the smell of that perfume anywhere. And then he's like, ooh, those legs. I could tell the, well, the sight of those entrance. legs anywhere. I could tell that this. Could... What about the legs? Oh, yeah. Say like that. one of them was like, you know, oh, I could tell those legs anywhere. The other guy's like, oh, I could tell that smell anywhere. So they, through the two of them, they had to try that to figure out who the lady was. one of the funniest was. movies. Oh, what my God. It? Uh, wait, see. It wasn't Hear No Evil, See No Evil, right? That sounds like a horror film or something. Or was that it? Hear No Evil, that See No Evil? That might have been it. That just sounds like too much of an obvious title. I know, but that might have been Was that it? it? That might have been it. Was that it? Oh, my God. God, those guys were so good. They, they played really well together. Hi, it's Mickey Dolans here. You're listening to Inspirato Projecto. Before I do anything, okay. So, what is what? What's the difference between a frog and a toad? Um, frogs have very smooth skin, and they're skinny. 
Um, and toads are really fat because they, their lungs are on, are on the side of their bodies, so it makes them look really fat and they're bumpy. Oh my goodness. Have you gone on the internet to research these guys? Yes. Holy cow. Okay, so what led you to be excited about frogs? What was your first time where you go, Ooh, I love these guys. Um, I was at my friend Bryce's house, and we just kept finding them trapped in these things. And so, and they just started hopping around, and they were so cute and bumpy, and I just loved them. Where did you find, they were trapped, you said they were trapped somewhere. Where are they trapped? Um, and they have basement windows, and they have like a big giant plastic thing around it that they jump in and they can never get out of. So they're always stuck in there, and you decided, I'm going to save the lives of these little frogs. Yes. And then once you started helping out those little frogs, how soon after you saved your first frog, how soon after that did you start researching them? Um, just like a week later. I just fell in love with them, and so I just started searching everywhere, and I found out that the smaller smaller toads um, are boys, or they just, could just be babies, and the giant ones are girls. Interesting. Interesting. So, okay, where do you like to usually find your, the, your frogs? Where do you like to go usually? Um, we have big bushes, and um, I go to my friend Susie's pond, and I look in her little basement window things where we usually find them. How big is this pond? Um, it's like the size of like two picnic tables. Well, it's not... Oh, so, so it's kind of small. Yeah. So like if we stuck these two picnic tables together, you, it's like just a little area? Yes. Incredible. And there's a lot of frogs in there? Yeah, and she has like 26 or 27 goldfish in there. Goldfish in the pond too? Yes. What the heck? That's crazy. Did she put the goldfish in there? Um, her mom bought them and they just dumped them in there. And they survived? Totally fine? Yeah, they are totally fine. Oh my goodness. What do they What do you feed them? Um, they eat, there's allergy and stuff growing in there, and they just eat that stuff, so they don't have to feed them. Holy cow! So you don't have to feed them fish food, they just eat the allergy that's hanging around in there? Yeah. That's incredible. How many frogs have you found in that pond so far? 27. Whoa! So you found 27 frogs, and then do you, okay, so right now you're telling me that you have sort of a, uh, what, what do you keep, okay, so you were telling me that you kind of, well, I call it the frog village, but what, um, what, what are you keeping them in? Um, it's a giant, like, cleared, um, bin, and there's, um, a bunch of water in there, um, we have, like, tadpoles in there, because a few of them had babies, and we have, there's bricks in there for um, land, and we have some flowers and leaves in there. Oh my gosh, so you and your friend actually built this thing? Yes. Did you, so okay, I'm getting this idea. I'm imagining you on the internet and researching all this stuff about frogs and trying to figure out what um, is the best kind of habitat for them. Is that what you did? Yes, and I just found out they need water, land, and a bunch of leaves to hide in. Uh, like a bunch of places to hide in because I usually get nervous when people try to catch them or something or oh, save wow. them. So, oh, my gosh. So you, you, all the frogs that you find, right, All uh, do you take all of the ones from the pond and you put them in your, into your little ecosystem? 
Yes, and I also take the trap ones. I take like every toad I can find. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! So all of the toads and all of the frogs that were inside of the pond, you just took you took took all as many as you could find, and you just stuck them right inside your your own little your own little ecosystem. Yes. Oh my gosh! This is incredible. Have you told your do? You, okay, so I assume you go to school, right? Yes. Do you have any biology classes or any science classes where they talk about this stuff? Not at all. What? You don't? So you don't you don't have any science teachers or anyone to share this cool information with? No. But I do tell my friends about I have this like big dry lava rock and I put a brick up to stand it up and um, there's space for toads to hide in and they love hiding under there and this morning I found a giant one under there. It was just taking a nap. <laughs> How big was this giant one would you say? What the heck? That's like okay let's see one two three that's like probably five, maybe five inches. It's probably three or four inches. Wow, that's a big frog. And it was hiding under what? Um, our dry lava rock. And then you see so you, you, you you got that and you put that in your little your little frog village? Uh-huh. It wasn't used to all of the toads, so it just was like climbing on top of them and like like just staring at them. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is it always interesting when you find when you find a new frog and then you put it in there? Yes, because they all just like come over and climb on top of it. They make like a toad mountain. Oh my God. So wait, all the toads climb on top of each other and they yes. make a toad mountain? Yes. That sounds like a strange, doesn't that sound like a weird like fantasy film or something? Toad Mountain. Welcome to Toad Mountain. It sounds like something like that. Now what do you feed these little guys? Um, worms, um... Cricket slugs, um, flies, spiders, um, and sometimes they eat this. We have this like dead grass in our backyard that I put in there. For some reason, they munch on it. They munch on the dead grass. Yes. Now, what? Are, so those are the things that you researched when you looked online. You, you you found out that okay, frogs like these things. Yeah, and well, I didn't find out that they eat dead grass. I just put some in there because I thought it would. But I thought they would like laying in it, and then they just started eating it. <laughs> so now, now you realize that's a food source for them, huh? Yes. And then, um, okay, so do they all seem to be getting along with each other? Yes, they're very used to each other. Sometimes they play, like, they put their hands up to each other or something, or they give each other piggyback rides. What? I have this, like, green toad. I know it's a toad because it's bumpy and stuff. Um, it's latched onto this um, other one. It latched onto it, and um, they just started running around like crazy. They wouldn't latch off. I tried to pull him off because I was afraid he was going to squeeze the other one way too tight. And so I tried pulling them off. They were completely stuck. No way! What the heck? This is crazy. I've never heard stories like this in my whole life. So they were, they were piggyback riding on each other. Then you go, okay, you might suffocate this one, so I'm going to try to take you off of there. You're probably hugging them a little too hard, so let's, let's take you off of there. It wouldn't come off. It was just like one piece of metal, and then like it was super glued what? and stuff to the other one and it just wouldn't come off and then like the next morning I came out there and they were just staring at each other they weren't giving each other more feet. How interesting. So as you're watching these frogs are you learning? I mean 
you must be learning a, like a whole lot of stuff. Yes, I am, and um, my friends, um, my friend that has been mostly catching toads with me at his house, um, he um, doesn't really like toads. He won't touch them. He used to be able to touch them like all the time, but now he does, he just drops them and like hurts them. Oh no! Um, and so um, I don't really let him pick it, him, oh, them up anymore. Um, why do, you th why do you think he likes to drop them and hurt them? Maybe because he just thinks they're disgusting and they're creatures that just, um, like, aren't special at all. They don't make the world better and they're just gross. Maybe. But you see a different side to these, these, little, these little creatures, don't you? They're so cute, yes. Do you, do you, uh, do you talk to them? Uh, yes, sometimes. Do you ever play music for them? Um, one time I played this, like... Um, this weird song that I just found randomly, and they started just like bouncing up and down to me. What? Are you kidding me? What song were you playing? I have no clue what it was called. <laughs> so what kind of? Do you know what kind of what kind of music it was? Was it like a like a hip hop? Was there like drums in there? Was it mostly melodies and guitars? I mean, what what did it sound like? Uh, like melodies. Oh, melodies, and they were bouncing up and down. Uh huh. What the heck? That's crazy. If you want, there's um, frogs over there. They're probably out right now. Um, they're just jumping around, and I saw them. They're over by that small pond if you want to see them. Oh, my gosh. Okay, okay. I don't want to keep you. Okay, I'm going to. I have to uh, grab another uh, burger, but I'll meet you over there by the frogs. You running over there by the frogs now? Yeah. Okay, I'll meet you over there. I'll meet you over there. Okay, thank you for the interview. Oh, my God, this is crazy. These are a couple of uh, stories you heard. Uh, a couple of stories you just heard uh, came from. Uh, I recorded some on my regular recording app rather than through Anchor, so I just now put these, um, downloaded them on my desktop, and then moved them on over. So you first heard a story um, on our way back from visiting the relatives in the cemetery. She first started talking about a place called Willowbrook that burned down, and then she went into her story about how she met James Brown, you know, some of her history, growing up with the dad as a cop in LaGrange. Home on LaGrange. That's a hat tip to you, Mr. John Garside. Home on LaGrange. And also we heard a story from my buddy Ben's little daughter. Uh, she's been catching a lot of frogs in her friend's pond, and she went down the rabbit hole and learned as much as she could about the differences between these guys, what they eat. It was so funny. I don't know if I caught... Oh, I just now realized that in a couple of episodes ago, possibly last episode or a couple episodes ago, you might have heard me say something about, oh, yeah, yeah, just like my mom's James Brown story. And then you're probably wondering, well, what James Brown story? Well, the this one is the one... The one in this episode is actually the one I was referring to. I forgot that I didn't upload it to uh, Anchor. So now you know. <laughs> now, you, now you know. That's what's so fun about this uh, podcast. We get to hop around, time travel. Some things might have happened yesterday. Some th things um, m might have happened uh, tomorrow. Y you just really never know. I might slip in something, uh, some idea, which I will be doing, which I will be doing. I just uh, downloaded a whole bunch of 
voicemails from my other computer that I saved from my uh, from my cell phone that I will be uh, supplementing in with this podcast. So we heard. Uh, oh yeah. So I don't know if if you heard me in the in one of the episodes, but I I had I was talking with uh, my buddy Ben, and he goes, Oh yeah, you know. He's like, oh yeah, I tell my daughter, you know, honey, there's a fine line between having a pet and holding a hostage. And, uh, cause the little girl, she, oh, I think you heard, you, you probably heard it. Yeah. She has like a little bucket of all these frogs, a little ecosystem. So it's, uh, it's just so intriguing to me to see what, what, uh, what, what kids, what kids are doing and how, especially with the internet, you know, they're just, follow their curiosities and keep moving and grooving. Wow. So I have a stuffy nose. I've been drinking a lot of ozonated water. I will be drinking more. And now it's onto the balcony to start uh, scraping that down. This is very therapeutic session. Going through these things and uh, I suggest to everyone Right now, if you are listening, start chiseling away at cleaning your room. So you pour another glass of need water. Start chiseling away at at cleaning your room. It will definitely, definitely alter your uh, your perceptions. That's for sure. As I'm cleaning this and I'm coming across these relics of the past, people are calling me from that time, from that era. It's really interesting. It's like you're putting your finger, your spoon in there and you're, you're stirring it around and all of a sudden you've created a, a tornado of awareness around this thing that you just did. And, uh, you know, the, the, the ghosts, the spirits from the past start swimming back through swimming back through now imagine imagine are the memories aka the ghosts aka the spirits are they are they good memories are they not so good memories if they're good memories look at that look at that it's like attaching that good vibe with that experience and or person and now you're sort of going Kind of recalling them back, back in. All right, that's all for now. Uh, I might, I might talk to you later when I'm on the, on the uh, balcony. Wow, I'm out here on the balcony. I'm clearing this off. You know, I have an area over here where I would paint. Now I'm going to really clean it up. Um, and I'm coming across some cool pieces of art supplies that I had intended on making. One of them is this popsicle stick that has a head on it. It's just wood. Balsa wood, I believe. And... Balsa wood, is it does it say? No, it's just made in China. Batonnet d'artisanat. Batonnet. Batonnet d'artisanat. Fabrique. In Chine, Fabrique in Chine. Interesting. So, 
they had these little popsicle stick sort of things and they got heads on them and you can paint the faces and whatnot. And I was thinking, ooh, what if I made a whole bunch of little, it just said Inspirato Projecto on it. And maybe on one side it says Inspirato Projecto, on the other side it says, um, what inspired you today? Email your audio to inspiratoprojecto at gmail.com. That could be pretty cool. Also, I've got all these little plastic dinosaurs. I can make little stickers. On one side it says, lost, lost creature. Ooh, I could paint them. And then I put a little sticker on it. Lost creature. Property of Insprouter Projecto. If found, please email insprouterprojecto at gmail.com. It can always be like this thing of like, wait, what? What's being left out here? Why? And what's what's happening? So it just keeps leading them right back to the podcast. And uh, hearing your content, any of you guys who have been sending stuff in, uh, plus they'd be able to hear their own content, which would just be great. Also, I've got some of these cigar boxes um, that I got from John Garside's mom. She collects a whole bunch of cigar boxes, and boy, she had a whole bunch. And uh, so I took a, I took a fair share of them, and I, I intended on painting on them. Huh? I think interesting. Interesting. Aha. Okay. All right. I know what to do. One year for my brother's birthday, I painted a cigar box, and I painted all over it. Yeah, I painted all over it, and it had, like, it was kind of concave, and I made it look like it was, like, some old relic from, like, one of those, like, a place where you'd find a Mauguay. And not to be, ooh, wouldn't that be interesting? Mowgli the Mauguay. Mowgli the Mauguay. He's Mowgli the Mauguay. Don't get him wet. Don't feed him after dark. Boom, boom. So maybe I could just put stuff in there. What I did was there, there was like a, oh man, just so fun. And there was a little hidden compartment in there. I just uh, drew a bunch of stuff and hid stuff in there. And I thought, whoa, there could be something, you know, if I do something like that. And I just hide them in various locations throughout uh, North Hollywood, uh, throughout Chinatown, throughout Los Angeles, throughout Santa Monica, throughout... Uh, any of these places, Van Nuys, um, on Sepulveda Drive, at the Getty Center. Ooh, because then they could look like art projects. Wouldn't that be interesting? You just you bring them with you, and then you nonchalantly, like if you bring in a bag or something, then you just nonchalantly leave them in various locations. Ooh, that could be interesting. I wonder how you could get away with that, hiding art. Anyway, back to this. I'm thinking it'd be fun, yeah, to paint on these popsicle sticks, draw on them, paint on them, put a little sticker on there I am getting so many ideas this is like a strange blessing in disguise that's how it happens right weren't we talking about that like you have to be kind of pushed to that edge sometimes and then this this you're pushed to make decisions it's been a while since I cleaned my room or this balcony for that matter so we're making room making room I foresee great things happening on this balcony a lot of art Maybe some cookouts. Who knows? We've got a little tiny grill. Anyway, uh, more on that later as more revelations uh, arrive. I just had some insight. Um, I imagine a guy who hires himself out to make sure that you clean your room. 
They don't tell you what to do, but they're there to watch and make sure that you're actually doing it. You know? Maybe they say, what are you going to do about that? All those clothes. Bam. You know? They're just there. They're just hired just to watch, just to just to make sure you're doing it. They don't necessarily are ordering you around at all, by any means. It's just having them there. It helps. You know, it's easy for. I've taken a lot of breaks. I've taken a lot of breaks. Uh, but there's a lot of good, good, uh, good insight coming out of this thing. So, more, more later. Okay, so I'm I'm cleaning away um, out here on the balcony the various moving the paint you know the paints the you know what old paints am I going to throw away what old paint brushes am I going to throw away there are these drawers and there's this thing there's a uh, an old envelope here it's water water scorched or whatever you want to call it. it says secrets to mommy can I take it home please now. Something my buddy Jason Carr and I did, I, I don't know if I ever told you this, when we were roommates, we went to Michael's, and I think we had a gift card or something, or he just had money, and so he bought 100 canvases, I think they were 16 by 19, they were having a sale, five for, five for, I don't know, five for two bucks or something, I mean, it was crazy, so we, we bought like 200 of these canvases, and then our mission was to try to paint all of these canvases within a month. Well, we didn't really reach that goal, but we painted 60 within three months. And um, he and I, if we were, you know, if I was, if I was stuck in a spot on my painting, I would hand the painting over to him, and then he'd finish it up. And we had um, light bulbs in every uh, different color light bulb in every lamp, and we would change them periodically. So we would paint a lot at night with these light bulbs on, and then in the morning we'd see it with the natural light, and it looked, it had a different look to it. It was so cool. So we were always surprised, and um, it was a wonderful give and take situation. He go, "Oh, dude, I don't know what else to do," and I said, "Ooh, pass it over. I have some ideas." And I go, "I don't know what else to do." Okay, yeah, pass it over. So we'd we'd have a lot of lot of paintings that we did collaboratively, and. We had a place called the Club, Coconut Club, I think. It was on Melrose Avenue, if I remember correctly. We had a friend who worked there, Jen McMahon. And upstairs used to be a club, but it was pretty much not used for anything. And we, through Jason Carr and her and the lady, we decided we, we she would let us have an art show up there. So we basically put it on an art show. Lawrence August came through with equipment. Man behind the machine, he was scheduled to play his awesome music at the event and we didn't have any equipment and I go oh my gosh Lawrence what are we going to do what are we going to do and he said oh my god my buddy Alex he it's funny Alex I just played Alex in uh, uh, Black Pumpkin uh, and Yachtly Crew will be playing at Alex, Alex's Bar on the night that the premiere for Black Pumpkin will be happening at Kapow Intergalactic Film Fest 2018 on September 29th my goodness this is crazy so Lawrence happened to have a buddy who had equipment, and so, bam, everything worked out well. Man Behind the Machine was in town. We played records. We we did live paintings in front of the audience, and then we raffled those paintings off. And it was so much fun, and, and we made, I think, like 200 bucks that night. You know, some of these paintings were like 75 bucks a piece. Most of them were. I think all of them were. So that, that was cool. We made back all the money that we we put into it. Oh, no, we had, I know what it was. We had our next-door neighbor who ended up becoming my roommate, 
Tim Bird, he's actually the creator of Rat Bastard. If you've ever seen that cartoon, Rat Bastard, actually it was, it was a, um, a comic book series, and then it was going to, uh, there's a whole story behind that, but Rat Bastard, it's about a, um, a mouse detective in the future where they do uh, DNA splicing. It's like a Blade Runner really really cool uh, the guy who did the voice of Bender did the voice of this like five or I think a ten minute short maybe to white zombies more human than human uh, so if you go on, on YouTube you'll see that anyway he he um, he would come around look at the paintings and go okay what is this worth what is that worth and so some of them were 100 some of them were 150 I forgot about that so we made back all the money that we spent on those paintings it was so cool and uh, Lawrence emceed it so cool it was great a wonderful success wonderful success so we would paint on the back of these paintings we we would we would type out the um a secret and we put it in an envelope now you never knew what the secret was unless you opened it so that the secret was sometimes a poem about the the uh, painting sometimes the, the secret was uh how we how what we did to make the painting sometimes it was some just ridiculous thing that we made up out of our brains so that was there if anyone ever wanted to at any time look behind the canvas and see this this envelope so this one is called secrets to mommy can i take it home please now i think i recreated our our time when we did that with those paintings um he ended up taking them out to a place called F lock or no lock he lockhart lock 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 something lock 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 lockert lock lockwood something lock lock it's like three hours away and they had some uh some restaurant out there i guess someone walked out with one of the paintings Another one of them, yeah. So just walked off of them. So interesting that someone loved the art that that much. They t took it. Hey, man, if you want the art, you know, that's who it's for. <laughs> it's for those who resonate with it. So when it came time, see, I've got a, on, you, on uh, in, uh, Facebook, I've got a page called CEC The Moment. Or if you want, you can, you can uh, call it Cease The Moment. That's something that Crafty St. James came up with when I went to do an art walk out in Canoga Park. I said, what should I call myself? i got to get business cards made here. He goes, oh, call it CEC the moment. Cease the moment. Ooh, that's great. Brilliant, Crafty. Crafty's make it extracted, by the way. Check that out. Oh, check it out. He's been winning awards like crazy. Good buddy of mine. So... Yeah, for this art walk, I decided to recreate that magic that we did, so I made a series of paintings. Oh, and Crafty, we would have, uh, out in this one park, we would sit under this tree, we called it the Petri, the Petri, like a Petri dish, and, uh, because we were experimenting, so he would write, he would, he would ride his bike, and he would carry this card table under his arm, and, uh, and then his, his laptop slung around his back, uh, in a bag, and I would ride my bike, and I would carry, like, a, uh, what was it, a bag? Full of paintings. Oh, I know. It was a backpack filled with tiny paintings with all the art supplies I would need. At least all the primary colors. White and black. Sometimes more if I could fit them in there. I would have a, a, a shower curtain that I'd just lay out there. And we'd just paint out nature. I'd paint and he would write his screenplay and he'd ask for ideas. I'd give some ideas. I'd ask him for ideas. He'd give me ideas. It was incredible. So during that time, I ended up making this painting called Mommy, Can I Take It Home, Please? Well, now I'm about to throw this envelope out. We're unveiling it for the first time. Oh my god, we're unveiling it for the very first time, you guys. 
you get to witness this. Notice that crackle. Wow. Okay, so this says CEC October 31st, 2010. That's when I typed this up. Oh my god, interesting. Um, Alright, so... It says, uh, Secrets to Mommy, Can I Take It Home, Please? Acrylic on Canvas. If you are reading this, you either bought the painting, thank you for doing so, or you decided to shamelessly steal it from the back of the painting, so the real winners of this prize are not afforded the opportunity of reading this. In which case, they were left with only half of the painting. I sincerely intend you are the former and have found a perfect location in your Adobe TP Mansion I-bedroom apartment blimp, sea shanty, etc. to hang the painting. If you have bought the painting yet did not open the envelope, what is written here will forever be a mystery to your senses and always be exactly what your profound imagination has concocted of its existence. A Schrodinger's cat, if you will. And then, so that's that's up on the top there. And then there's, on the right side here, there's a little guy with, he's got a big head. He's looking to the left. He's got like a Superman curl in his head. He's, uh, in his hair, he's got, um, his face is wide. He's got freckles. Got a double chin. He's got one of those butt chins. Sideburns. No pupils. Four fingers on one hand, three fingers on another. He's wearing boots. Collared shirt. One, two, three, four, five buttons. And he's standing on some grass. And he's looking off to the left. His right, stage right. And then there's a word balloon around this, which is typed. Mommy, can I take it home, please? I promise to feed it every day. It followed me here from the trees. In the forest, I walked through today. The stars have aligned for us. A prize from the great unknown. Our our worries pale with such tentacles fully grown. Grandma will leap from her wheelchair... Grandpa will clap his hands. Father will will freeze and stare. And sister will make demands. To take it to school. To present to her class. For show and tell. For our life is now changed. And we will be on TV. Oprah interviews will be arranged for the whole world to see. I think I'm going to take a picture of this and put it on my Instagram. Just so you can see it. The envelope. And, uh... Yeah, I might as well. Might as well. Take a picture of the envelope. I'll do that. I'm going to post this on the internet. Go to uh, Instagram slash Inspirato Projecto. All one, all one thing. I'm back here on the porch with some new revelations. I got the uh, coffee pipe in. I got uh, an extension cord out here. I'm listening to uh, Thelonious Monk. Earlier, Miles Davis. Uh, earlier than that, uh, on the road. Uh, it's uh, music inspired by Jack Kerouac's On the Road. So I was thinking about a TV show called What Happens If, and it's pure improv, pure, and it's all about creation. It's all about creation. Since I'm going through all this paint, all this stuff, I'm looking at this crate filled with. Old plaques from a grocery store. It has different people's names on it from like 2012, 
team member of the month and uh, from different different areas and so it'll say different people's names Roger Bautista is one of them right now so I've got a bunch of these things that were given to me and as I'm looking at them I'm going oh man I should really throw them away and then I'm looking at the potentials of what I could be drawing on on what painting on there and I have a feeling we're gonna have a big we're gonna have a big turnaround right here uh, once I get my little art area going it's gonna be like Bob Ross meets who knows what you know maybe I end up I just broadcast straight on it might be Instagram video live you know something simple so it's just right there on Instagram that'd be great Inspirato Projecto I don't know if those things save or not but they'd be a lot of fun to put out there and uh, I could just paint right against this wall and I have a new guest on there and we paint stuff together we draw so wow that just wow what a great blast blast that was wow that would be fun just right here right here in my balcony the cats you know whoever happens to be around could show up wow this this could be a lot of fun <laughs>